hands and feet here on British Israel Radio, playing for you Christian contemporary music all day long for you here on British Israel Radio, the nation's identity station. Uh, you're going to have to excuse me today. I just got over the uh, flu, not the swine flu, just the regular flu, and uh, so my voice isn't really up to par the way it usually is, <coughs> but I ask you to bear with me, and uh, my hearing's not too, uh, not too acute today either, so uh, uh, please bear with me with uh, this little sickness that I have, but uh, we're going to continue on with the radio, live radio broadcast, and... Uh, I want to update everyone here on the website and email list. Uh, I talked to Kurt, our pastor in uh, Nevada, about this. And uh, I don't know if you recall, maybe a week or so, the website was uh, suspended for a couple of days because uh, they accused us of uh, spam, uh, spamertizing, as they call it, with our email list. And, of course, you know, it's not true, but... They said, uh, no, sorry, that's spam, and we can't have that, and they suspended our website. But we got it back online, of course, obviously, and uh, so we decided to, instead of doing an email list, to have everybody on the email list and visitors to the website to follow us on Twitter. That way, on Twitter, you can get the updates, and if I have any letters or anything else I have for you, new uh, booklets or videos, then we'll just update it on Twitter, and uh, you can just click the link on Twitter, and you can get updated that way instead. We figure uh, with Twitter, it's a social network, uh, there's no spam, and uh, everybody on the list, any followers that we have can get it instantly on Twitter, and so, and we got... Uh, quite a few followers already. We've got about 36 followers and climbing. And so that way you can get the e the updates of British Israel online on Twitter and you don't have to worry about your email or, or anybody getting your email address. And maybe that's why they don't like spam because people could take that email address and then add it to theirs and there's a whole big mess with the email system. Better this way on Twitter. So we urge you to... Uh, Stay with us on Twitter. Get the updates of British Israel, and uh, that way uh, there is no harm done to anyone. And of course, our uh, website doesn't get uh, doesn't get suspended like it uh, uh, did before. And that happened to us before. We were with the other host company. They accused us of spam. They suspended our website, and we don't want that to happen again. And of course, this host company, which is a great host company, and we want to stay with them warned us if that happened again that we would suspend you permanently so we don't want we don't want that to happen so we're going to stay with this twitter program and uh update people with twitter so join us on twitter the link is on our website at britishisrael.ca the official homepage of the british israel church of god follow us on twitter get your updates from british israel on twitter and uh you can follow us that way all right, uh, now we know this week we see the Pope, uh, we see the Pope in Israel. He's doing the Mideast tour there, and uh, he's meeting with, of course, leaders of Israel and Palestine, and of course he had this interfaith dialogue with some of those people down there, and of course uh, one of those Palestinian uh, mullahs 
uh, started going off on the interfaith dialogue, started going off on how Israel is torturing Palestine and so on. It's all their fault, and the Pope actually walked down on that. Good for him. Uh, I actually agree with him on that. I'll stop listening to that nonsense and and balderdash and gobbledygook and rhetoric that uh, those Palestinian uh, leaders actually poison their people with and uh, try to poison the media with in here in the West with that nonsense. From what I see with all this Mideast uh, turmoil that's going on, it seems that Israel keeps giving and giving and giving, and Palestine just keeps taking, taking, and taking, and don't give anything back. And uh, so, why they continue with this rhetoric, and every time Israel makes peace with these people, all of a sudden, some of the radicals start, you know, launching off Scud missiles into Israel right after the peace negotiations, and they keep continuing to send missiles into Israel, and nobody says anything around the world. And then when Israel goes in to defend themselves, then all of a sudden everybody's all up in arms, oh, I can't believe the Israelis are doing such a horrible thing and all this nonsense. I mean, unbelievable, the media bias that goes on. But anyways, we see the Pope in uh, Israel doing his Mideast tour, and I find it significant that the Pope is in uh, Israel, and eventually the Pope will make his headquarters in Israel on the Temple Mount with a new temple built, and that Pope will be the abomination of desolation that will be set up in the Temple Mount, and that will trigger what the Bible calls the Great Tribulation. So I find that very interesting, what's happening right now in Israel, because before Pope John Paul, no popes went to Israel-Palestine. Only recently, in this modern age, has any of the popes actually went into Palestine to visit Israel and Jerusalem. And so... This is uh, just another step towards the fulfillment of the prophecies of the Bible of the temple being rebuilt on the Temple Mount and the Pope eventually moving into the temple back to the birthplace of the church, which is Jerusalem, back into the temple, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, and that is the abomination which makes desolate. And uh, we're going to go into some of these prophecies in the Bible to show you these prophecies about the Pope in just a few minutes after the commercial break. So let's go to a commercial break, and we'll be back with more on British Israel Radio. Because this man thought he knew the city, he was confused at the route that the taxi driver had chosen. He began to suggest these alternative routes, but each idea was answered with solid reason. The passenger who was in a hurry to catch a plane kept making suggestions until the driver finally said, I will get you to the airport and I will get you there on time. You know the city because you visit here often, but I've lived here my whole life and I make a living traversing the streets. You not because he believed him, but because he knew that his input would not be heated, the man in the back seat sat back and remained silent. Glancing down at his watch as they pulled up to the airport, he realized that he had arrived earlier than he had anticipated when he had left his hotel. Thank you. I guess you did know that. The driver was saying, 
morning, I told you that I could be trusted. We made it, and we made it on time. Remember, you can be sure that if you trust God with your life, you will arrive at your destination, and you will get there on time. He is never early, and he is never late. His timing is perfect, and so is his sense of direction. For more, Audio. I see the city lights all around me. Everyone's obscure.
wondering why I'm here and why anybody cares what I say. No, I'm not a better man, cause I'm singing the songs on the radio. Cause we're all the same at the end of the day. Now I
Other Side of the Radio by Chris Rice here on British Israel Radio, the nation's identity station. My name is Peter Salemi, pastor and president of the British Israel Church of God. Glad you could join us today on our live radio broadcast. And uh, a little talking about the uh, Pope doing his uh, Mideast tour, and he's in Israel, Palestine right now, uh, talking to interfaith groups. Uh, different faith groups and uh, talking to leaders of Israel and Palestine and so on. And of course, not only is he a religious leader, but he's also a statesman. He is also a politician. So he's a religious and state uh, type of government that he has in the Vatican, because the Vatican is a self-sustained uh nation it's got its own currency it's got its own army swiss army and it's got its own bank and so on and it has its politicians and the pope is of course the head of that uh church state country and it's so he's not only just a religious leader but he's also a politician and that's what set him sets him different from the others as the bible says in Daniel talks about the little horn which was different from the other horns the other horns were just kings they were leaders they were politicians but the little horn he was diverse from the others because he was a religious leader as well as a politician a king as it were as the Bible describes the leaders back in the ancient days they were called kings today we call them presidents there are still monarchs in the world like Queen Elizabeth and so on and so, here we see the Pope in Jerusalem, and right now he's just visiting Jerusalem, but eventually the Pope will move his headquarters back to the birthplace of the church in Jerusalem, specifically on the Temple Mount. In a Revelation, the 11th chapter, here we see the Temple on the Temple Mount, beside the Dome of the Rock, as it says, that it was given me a reed like unto a rod. And an angel stood, saying, Rise, measure the temple of God and the altar, and them that worship therein. So this is not the temple in heaven. This is the temple on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Notice in verse 2, But the court which is without the temple, leave out, measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. So obviously this is not in heaven, the temple in heaven, as it says in Revelation eleven nineteen, but the temple on earth in Jerusalem. And the holy city, that's Jerusalem, shall be tread underfoot forty and two months. That's the three and a half year tribulation period. So here we see the Dome of the Rock, which sits in the court of the Gentiles today, because the real temple is just north of that, which lines up with all the gates. And we show that in our booklet, uh, The Temple in Prophecy, and also The Middle East in Prophecy. And they can be side by side. And prophecy shows that they will be side by side. And then it talks about the two witnesses, talking about the two witnesses and their prophecy which goes on for a time times and half a time and they have the power to shut up heaven and so on 
And then it says in verse 7, When they have finished their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them, shall overcome them, and kill them. Their dead bodies shall lie in the street of that great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, wherein our Lord was crucified. So here we see the beast making war against the two prophets, and that beast is in Jerusalem. And that beast is a church-state government. In Revelation 17, we see the beast, and the woman rides the beast. It's an alliance between the church in the Vatican and the beast, which is the Holy Roman Empire, together again. And they will be in Jerusalem, and of course these two witnesses go to the Temple Mount to prophesy against them and then of course kill them in Jerusalem and then everyone will see in verse 9 and that of course is a satellite television how does the whole world see this well satellite television and they shall rejoice and give gifts to one another and then the prophets are resurrected in 2 Thessalonians 2 here is another prophecy about the Pope coming into Jerusalem to set up himself in the temple of God in verse 3 of 2 Thessalonians 2 it says let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship so that he as God sits at the temple of God showing himself that he is God this is the Pope setting himself up in the Temple Mount and showing everyone that he is God. You know, he calls himself the Vicar of Christ, the representative of Christ on the earth. That is blasphemy. You're literally saying to people that you are Christ. So he's showing himself that he is God. And then he sits in the temple, proclaiming that he is the vicar of Christ, which he does today, but says that he is the vicar of Christ. And that will cause what Jesus Christ said in Matthew, the 24th chapter. It is called the abomination, which makes desolate. In verse 15 of Matthew, the 24th chapter, it says, When you therefore see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. And that is the temple. Whosoever readeth, let him understand. Then let him, which be in Judea. That's in Judea, Israel. Israel, Palestine, today. Flee unto the mountains. Let him that which is on the housetop not come down. Take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to get his clothes. And then it says, Woe to them which are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. Pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, 
nor on the Sabbath day, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, no, ever indeed shall be. So this abomination, when it is set up in the holy place, which is the Pope proclaiming that he is God in the temple of God, this will trigger the great tribulation. But first, the temple has to be built first. And we don't see the temple on the Temple Mount yet. There are organizations that want that temple built. And you can find them on the internet, like the Temple Mount Faithful and so on. And in Daniel, the 11th chapter, verse 45, here we see the King of the North, which is the President of the United States, which is engaged in Middle East peace processes, setting up military bases in Jerusalem, especially in the Holy Mountain. Why would he do that? Unless there is a peace process in which Israel and the Palestinians share the Temple Mount, and then the United States and NATO set up a military base there to protect the Jews mostly, because the Muslims are the ones that are going to attack, try to attack the Temple Mount, to protect the worshippers on the Temple Mount so they can worship God freely on the Temple Mount. He shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas, which is the Negev Desert, in the glorious holy mountain. Specifically, notice it is Jerusalem, but specifically the holy mountain of God. And then it says, Yet he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. The great tribulation. At that time, notice the Bible says, Shall Michael stand up, the great prince that stands for the children of your people? And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation even to that t same time. So at that time, when the tabernacles of his palace, military bases, are set up in the holy mountain, at that time, the great tribulation will start, and he shall come to his end, the prophecy says, and none shall help him. He shall come to his end. NATO will break apart. NATO will break apart, and a new European power will rise, calling itself the Holy Roman Empire, with a church-state government. And they will move in Jerusalem and take over Jerusalem-Palestine. And the Pope will sit in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, and he will trigger the Great Tribulation. And the Great Tribulation comes upon the peoples of Jacob, which is, of course, the United States and the British Commonwealth of Nations. We are the House of Israel, and Jeremiah 30, verse 7 says that Jacob's trouble, the Great Tribulation, is called Jacob's trouble. And Jacob is the United States and the British Commonwealth and the Scandinavian peoples. So when you see the United States set up military bases in Israel, then the glorious holy mountain to protect the temple and the Dome of the Rock together, then you will witness the fall of American power, the breakup of NATO. He shall come to his end, and none shall help him. NATO will break apart. 
a new power will rise, the Holy Roman Empire, and they will step into Jerusalem. The Pope will set himself up in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And then, seeing that Israel is weakened to the point where they can't defend themselves anymore, Europe, the European power will attack European Israel, Britain, Scandinavia. And then you'll see China invade the United States, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. The Great Tribulation. This is where we are right now in Bible prophecy in Daniel 11, verse 44. Of tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him, and he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and utterly annihilate many. That is the war on terrorism. This is where we are right now. The next step is verse 45, which I just explained to you. So this is what's going to happen soon. We see the Pope in Jerusalem talking with leaders. So he is invited as a statesman, as a religious politician, to talk with leaders and so on. But eventually this leader, I don't know if it'll be this Pope, but this office, this papal office, will eventually move into the temple and proclaim to be vicar of Christ in the temple of God, and that will trigger a time which the world has never seen before, the Great Tribulation, Jacob's Trouble. A time when Jacob, Israel, the United States, Britain, Scandinavia, these people will go into slavery and captivity because we have forgotten Almighty God. We continue to sin in the sight of God. We continue to break God's Ten Commandments. And it seems like these days, it seems that people are looking for a commandment to break. What other commandments can we break? As God says, they provoke me to anger. They, we keep provoking him. Keep pushing his buttons. Which button can I push to get God so angry? That's what it seems like in our day today. That the more we move towards war, the more we move towards economic collapse, the more we see uh, resolutions being passed to legalize same-sex marriage. Instead of going the other way of repenting, we keep going the same way, the same path. The path that leads to destruction is the path that leads to life. So I find it interesting that we've seen our economic collapse, we've seen war, and we continue to see these things, and instead of repenting, we just find more ways to sin against God. I find it interesting, but the Bible says that is what's going to happen to Israel. We are on a road right now to destruction. We are in a mold, I've often said to people, a mold that God says he is going to crush. Because that mold is evil. The potter looks at this piece of clay and he doesn't like the way it's shaped, and he reshapes it to the way he wants. And that's what God's going to do. He's going to reshape Israel to the way he wants Israel shaped. 
and that's shaping our moral character our national character shaping it in a way that is about love is about moral responsibility it's about loving your neighbor loving your god and not this way that we have taken of loving yourself and nobody else of greed of corruption of lies and every conceivable sin that you could possibly think of sexual sin and so on this is the road this is the mold that we're in right now and God is going to reshape Israel break it up and set it on a course for righteousness and holiness instead of wickedness and you can find that in Jeremiah the 18th chapter let's go to commercial break and uh, so I can uh, take a little break here and uh, blow my nose and come back to you with Jeremiah the 18th chapter about what God says here about the potter and the clay this is a James Dobson family minute when you drop your toddler off and she begins to weep and wail let her cry it out Dr. James Dobson those tears will not hurt her and after you've done it about once or twice then it's no fun doing it anymore and she'll quit doing it to not do that means that you will yield to the manipulation of a youngster who is saying do it my way and if you don't I'll scream and that's not healthy for a child and generally speaking you are not going to hurt your child emotionally or long term by going ahead and doing what you need to do and then coming back to get her and when she finds out you always return and that the people that she stays with are not going to hurt her then uh, she'll settle down and you both be better off James Dobson Family Minutes is a production of Focus on the Family
Skillet here on British Israel Radio, playing the one here on British Israel Radio, the nation's identity station. My name is Peter Salemi, pastor and president of the British Israel Church of God. And uh, if you want to find out more about the British Israel Church of God, just log on to our website at britishisrael.ca. That's british-israel.ca, the official homepage of the British Israel Church of God. And also, if you want to talk to me live on the radio broadcast, you just punch in your our Hotmail email account in your MSN Messenger. And if you have a microphone, just press Start Talking, and of course you can talk to me live on the radio broadcast. If you don't, just send us an instant message with your comment, question, prayer, or music request, and we'll play it on a live radio program. So don't hesitate. We want to hear from you. Now, here I was talking about a mold that we're in. We are set on a course of uh, destruction by our own hands and then God says I will judge you according to your ways and your abominations and which of course leads you to destruction same result and God says why will you die O house of Israel this is the course that we've taken and people say oh everything's okay and nothing's gonna happen even though we're destroying our families which is the backbone of every nation but we keep destroying our families and, uh, no, well, there's all kinds of different types of families. People try to argue. And all this nonsense. So we're on this path to destruction. And God says this in Jeremiah, the 18th chapter. In verse 2, he tells Jeremiah to go to the potter's house, and there will cause thee to hear my words. So he went to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. So here he saw he sees the potter uh, doing a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. potter. So he made it again another vessel. And it seemeth good to the potter to make. So he saw that the clay was all marred and everything and reworked it, reshaped it into another vessel. The word of the eternal came to me saying, O house of Israel. Notice that the potter's clay represents the house of Israel. So when you look at Daniel 2, down to the feet, you see the feet and toes part potter's clay and part iron. So it's an alliance between the house of Israel and the iron, which is, of course, the old holy Roman Empire, which is, of course, today, NATO. O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Eternal? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom, to pluck it up, to pull it down, and to destroy it. So this is what God tends to do with us because of because we are marred. So God has to destroy it and make another vessel. If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil way, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And at one instant, Shall I speak concerning a nation, concerning a kingdom, to build and 
to plant. So the reverse will happen. If we turn from our ways, God will build our nations back up to the way they used to be. We'll build it, plant it, that we can produce fruit and have a strong foundation. But if it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit that I would benefit them. So here is what God is saying to the house of Israel, not the house of Judah, but the house of Israel, that he says, if you repent, that God will rebuild our nations. But if we do evil, then God will pull down, pluck it out, and destroy it. Now, that seems hard to believe for some people to see the United States, because this is what nation it's talking about. It's talking about the United States, the British Commonwealth, the Scandinavian peoples. It's hard to, for some people to believe, but yes, the United States is going to fall unless we repent. If we repent, God says, I will build and I will plant. And it says it will benefit them. So, there's our choice. God gives us a choice. We are free moral agents. A lot of people believe this nonsense. Oh, I can't help but do this. I'm born this way. No, we have choices. We are free moral agents. We can choose right or wrong. God says, I have set before you life and death, good and evil. Therefore, choose the good that you and your seed may live. Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter, verse 19. We have a choice. So if we repent, then we will be blessed. And we will be the top nation on earth. If not, well then, the great tribulation, the time of plucking out, of pulling down, and to be destroyed. The choice is ours. And you're hearing the voice of God right now from his Bible. Not me, I'm not the voice of God. This is the Bible speaking, which is the words, the voice of God. And I'm just telling you what God is saying in his Bible. So don't get any ideas about me saying that I am the voice of God. No, I am not. I am just a human being just like you are. I'm just telling you what the words of God say. This is from his voice to us. And this should be preached telling our people what their God expects from us, expects from Israel. Israel is God's chosen nation. They were to be representatives of how a nation should be on this earth and to teach other nations, to be a missionary people, teach other nations about God's law, God's commandments, how to live their lives according to the way God wants us to live. And we, when the Brits and Americans started, we're fulfilling those roles of a missionary people. The Brits had a mission. They said they were chosen by God to go out to the world and give them the Christian civilization. And they were right. They are the tribe of Ephraim. And those missionaries went out and gave their entire lives to teach and to preach the Christian message, 
to have people live the Christian lifestyle. Now, what do we say to people? Oh, you keep your own little religion there as long as you're happy. You know why? One of the reasons why is because we here in the West don't even know our own religion, the Christian religion. 70 to 80% of people are ignorant of the Bible, and the 20% that read their Bible don't know the true message of the Bible. The Bible says that the church of God is a little flock, a minority in this world. Not a huge church of a billion followers with its 400 different sects and schisms, but a little flock on this earth doing God's work. But when it comes to Israel, they were doing God's work. They were a missionary people, but now we've stopped. Israel doesn't even know their own Bible anymore. They've gone to atheism, agnosticism. They have rejected God Almighty. And now we are not doing what God said we are supposed to do. Now God's got to reshape us. We are marred. He's got to reshape us into a, another mold. And the Bible says that that reshaping will take place after the tribulation, during the time of the second exodus, where Christ comes at his second coming and regathers all of Israel, the outcasts of Israel, that are in the four corners of the earth, and they will come back, and he will set them back into the land of Palestine, and he will give them their he will give them his Holy Spirit, and he will write his laws upon their hearts, upon their minds, and they will live in righteousness, and they will be reshaped, remolded into righteous people, and have God's law burning inside of their hearts. Let's go to a commercial break. We'll be back with more on British Israel Radio. You need. You've blown it, made a mess of life, and deep inside you wonder if anyone could love you the way you are. God does. And that's why God let his only son, Jesus Christ, die on a cross almost 2,000 years ago. Jesus died for you because God knew you would fail to measure up. That's how much God loves you. The Bible, God's book, says, while you were a sinner, a person who failed and missed God's standards, Jesus died for you. But that's not all. God also raised Jesus from the dead. And because Jesus lives forever, you can too. If you want unconditional love and a new start on life, call 888-NEED-HIM. Let me repeat that. If you would like to speak to someone right now about getting a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Someone is ready to help you. Call 888-NEED-HIM. All right, we're back here on British Israel Radio, the nation's identity station. And uh, we're talking here about the second exodus. You remember the first exodus where Israel was saved from Egypt and uh, God took him into the wilderness, a time of trial and testing, and then brought him into the promised land after they received his laws, brought him into the promised land, which is a type of the kingdom of God. Second exodus is going to happen. And it is a time of the Great Tribulation, a time when God destroys Israel, puts them in slavery and captivity, and they will be a time of 
trial and testing, a time when Israel will finally realize that God is God, he's up there, and that he means what he says, the Bible is the very word of God, and they will finally repent. And so the second coming of Jesus Christ, he comes and he regathers Israel. In Isaiah 11, 1 through about 5, it talks about the second coming of Christ, the character of Christ. And then it talks about the wolf shall dwell with the lamb and so on. And they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain for the earth. Notice the kingdom of God is going to be on earth shall be full of the knowledge of the eternal as the waters cover the sea. Notice, the knowledge of God is going to be all around this world. It's not going to be a precious few anymore. Of the little flock, it will be all over this world. And then it says, and in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. And it shall come to pass in that day, says the Eternal, the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people that shall be left from Assyria. Now the Assyrian nation, the modern-day Assyrian nation, is Germany. And from Egypt, and from Pathros, and from Cush, and from Elam, and from Shinar, which is Italy, Elam, which is Poland, from Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. So they're scattered all over the earth. He shall send an ensign for the nations, and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel, and gather together the dispersed of Judah. Notice, Israel and Judah, two separate entities, from the four corners of the earth. So the Anglo-Saxons, the Saxons of America, the Scandinavian peoples, the British peoples, and the Jews from the four corners of the earth. And the envy of Ephraim shall not depart, shall depart, and the adversaries of Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Judah, and Judah shall not vex Ephraim. And that's true today. The Jews and the Brits aren't really close. And then it says, They shall fly upon the shoulders of the Philistines towards the west. They shall spoil them in the east together. They shall lay their hand on Edom, which is modern-day Palestine today, and Turkey, and Moab, which is Syria, and the children of Emma, which is Jordan, shall obey them. And then it talks about the destroying of the Egyptian Sea, kind of like the Red Sea being split apart in the book of Exodus. There shall be a highway for the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria, like it was, as it was to Israel in the day that he came up out of Egypt. So here we see the second exodus, coming back into the land of Palestine. And then, God says that he would put his spirit into these people. God says in Ezekiel, the 36th chapter, about the house of Israel, Wherefore poured my fury upon them for their blood that they have shed upon the land and their idols. I will scatter them among the heathen. This is the great tribulation. And they were dispersed through the countries according to their way and according to their doings. I have judged them. So God's going to judge us according to our ways, our abominations, which leads to death 
and destruction, and he's going to judge us in that way. And then it says, that I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen. And then it says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and all your idols. I will cleanse you a new heart. Also, will I give you a new spirit, will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, a soft heart, one that can be molded. And when God gives us his spirit, it says that his laws are written upon the fleshly tables of our heart. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 3. So a soft heart he will give us so it can be molded into the righteousness of God. And then it says, He shall dwell in your land that I gave to your fathers. He shall be my people, and I will be your God. And then God multiplies them, multiplies the fruit in the land. It says, Then you shall remember your own evil ways and your doings that were not good, and shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and your abominations. So you see that Israel is now good again, recognizes sin, and loathe themselves and say, I can't believe we actually did those abominable things. And God says, I will put my spirit within you, new heart, new spirit. And God says, I will put my laws in your inward parts, and upon your minds will I write them. And that's in Jeremiah 31 and 31. So God is going to remold Israel. He is the potter. We are the clay, and he is going to take out our stony heart, the marred clay, and put in a heart of flesh, pure clay, soft, that can be molded to the way God wants us to be, righteous, holy, and good, and not evil. Let's go to another song here on British Israel uh, Radio. If you want to contact me live on the radio broadcast, MSN Messengers, punch in our Hotmail email account, and your said messenger, if you have a microphone, just press start talking. And, of course, you can talk to me live on the radio broadcast. Here's Tree 63. Blessed be your name on the British Israel Radio. Arts Audio.